Mike Seibert Radio is an independent podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any broadcasters that any of us either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. Enjoy the show! Hey, welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and write into the mailbag, MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. Would uh, love to get that listener feedback, and I'll give you shout-outs on the air. Uh, this is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week. And on this week's show, we're talking Solo, a Star Wars story. And that means we are back in the KGRG studios with special guest co-host, Killing Spree. Yo, what's up? (laughs) I, I thought you were going to do something there. You were kind of like leaning over the PC like you were like going to... I'm, I'm pulling up the uh, movie Wikipedia page. Oh, gotcha. I thought you were going to do some like sound effects or some some goofy stuff there. Can uh, I do it from this room? Yeah. It's the well, P- shit. He's like, oh, now I'm going to find some sound effects. <laughs> yeah, I brought my heart... Uh- Flash drive with me. <laughs> Looting through your pockets on the air. I love this. This We are off to a smashing start. No, literally, as I just banged into something. Hey, this is a... Professionalism, people. <laughs> well, you know, if they're coming for professionalism, they are in the uh, in the uh, wrong spot. But you know, I uh, while we were while we were getting going a little bit, um, I did kind of want to talk about um, uh, KGRG a little bit because we uh, um, I, I got a funny story to to share with you. Um, I was out and about recently. I was at a, a local show, uh, seeing some local bands. And I ran into somebody that listens to the podcast and they asked me, they're like, yeah, so, so who, who is this dude that comes on with you and like talks about uh, the movies and Star Wars and stuff? Is he, is he like a, like a KGRG person also? And I, I just kind of laughed it off and kind of explained, but it, it, have I been gone that long that I'm forgotten? (laughs) <laughs> well, well and, and it's kind of funny because like the the person that I uh, was talking to really isn't all that familiar with KGRG oh, okay. lore in general. So it, it's, uh, you know, like we talk about recording here in the KGRG studios and we talk about being uh, KGRG um, alum as we are, which actually apparently alumni is also uh, plural as I, as I recently learned, I didn't know that before, but, but, um, but I thought to, since, since we don't talk about it um, enough, I think, um, do you want to uh, mention very briefly what, what you used to do on KGRG back in the day? I used to host a heavy metal show called late night death. It's at one point it held the record for longest running KGRG specialty show. I think dead air in, ended up overtaking that record simply because Dead air kept going after I pulled the plug on late night death. Right. Okay. Well, and the thing that's yeah, and I don't want to get too far in the weeds. Uh, I realize I've opened a door that I've that I've inadvertently walked into. But you uh, you founded late night death, and you were the only yes, I host. S- I was one of the founding co-hosts, and I was the final host of the show. Gotcha. Like, I never stopped doing late night death until I 
stopped doing late night death. <laughs> That's funny. Now, I, I guess now I, I realize and, and this is kind of on my mind because like registration for summer quarter is uh, or summer quarter is coming up. Uh, yeah. Classes start on uh, June 25th. Uh, not uh, not too far away, and you know registration for both uh, summer and fall quarters has uh, started uh, to you know for the radio program here at Green River College, and you know being part of KGRG and all that. I um I don't know if I've ever asked you or if you've ever told me, and we certainly haven't talked about it on the podcast. But um, have you told the story about how you initially came to KGRG? Uh, to begin with? Fuck if I remember. Okay. Because <laughs> it was uh, quite a lot of years ago. Uh, basically, when I graduated high school, uh, or when I was in high school, actually, uh, I can't remember what subject class it was, but sure. my teacher, I don't even remember how it came up, but he was telling mm-hmm. me that Green River has a radio program and I should check out blah, blah, blah. I didn't really think much of it at the time. Uh-huh. And uh, when I graduated, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what school I wanted to go to, so my my mom just suggested, hey, why don't you just go to Green River for a couple of years? And because uh, that's what she did. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, figure it out from there. So my initial quarter, I was just taking basic stuff and then uh, started needing to take electives. Mm-hmm. And I remembered about my teacher telling me about the radio program. So I checked it out. And well, the rest is history. <laughs> a lot of years later here we are that's that's awesome i uh yeah like like i said it was it was just kind of on my mind recently and because i i know i talk about you know how important kgrg is to us and the local scene and the community and all that but yeah i i kind of yeah. sometimes forget that sometimes uh Every podcast, just like every like comic book or something like that, every everything is somebody's first exposure. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, sometimes I forget to kind of lay some of that groundwork. Like, I, hey, we're in the KGRG studios. Like, like that means to something to somebody that right. may not have listened before. So but I was going to add that uh, there's a lot of people that have fond memories of KGRG, not as uh, as a uh, staffer, but rather mm-hmm. a listener. But me, I didn't have that. Uh, nostalgia or fond memories of because i didn't even know kgrg existed until i came here so i'm one of those guys gotcha see and and i'm kind of the same way because like i uh i had heard of kgrg but i didn't really know what it was i uh i discovered the program here while i was taking classes at green river college and yeah i mean i've i've told the story a million times but yeah it's like i i uh, uh come out of one of my classes and i saw a flyer on a bulletin board you know be on the radio kgrg here at green river college and it's like Wait a sec. This college has a radio station. I, I've, I've it has two. Yeah, it does. Yeah, uh, uh, eighty-nine point nine KGRG FM playing today's rock as well as KGRG One, uh, your classic alternative, whose uh, studio we we've used more than a couple times. Yeah, because nobody lets us use the main booths. <laughs> well, th- that's why that's why we got like uh, you know like uh, a sneak in when nobody's here. Exactly. Um, you know, and and uh, try to use the the correct restrooms and things like that. So. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, uh, um, yeah, no, I was, I was just feeling kind of, uh, kind of nostalgic for that. So, right. you know, if, uh, if you happen to be in the Pacific Northwest in the, uh, you know, kind of greater Seattle, Auburn, Tacoma area, and if, uh, you want to try something fun and new, you know, uh, check out KGRG.com or GreenRiver.edu, uh, register for Journalism 110. That is the radio lab class where you too can be a KGRG DJ within, uh, two weeks 
weeks of uh, starting the class, um, or if being live on the air is a little too scary, then uh, um, check out Journalism 120. That's Digital Radio Lab, where uh, Charlie Harger talks about digital radio um, and podcasting, and um, you know you're you're doing a. a, a Voice tracking. I, I I lost my train of thought there. I couldn't remember what it was called. But yeah, no, you're ju- you're just doing uh, pre-recorded voice tracking instead of being live. And I, uh, you know, summer quarter will always have kind of like a uh, special place for me because that's that's when I signed up. I signed up for both classes, and just like my man Killing Spree, I got bit by the bug, and there's no turning back. Uh, and we're we're broadcasters now, so there's a and and again, there's no turning back. But um, anyway. Uh, coming up next is going to be our oh I know what I was going to do um uh it's uh our, it's our full spoiler discussion of Solo a Star Wars story but before I play that trailer um Killing Spree would you mind doing the honors and giving people oh you want a live soundbite yes fucking spoilers <laughs> I, I love it so good so good. God, you got so much mileage out of that. I uh, all the mileage. I mean, any time I have a spoiler, you, you've worn the tires out and you're on the rims. That's why I needed a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Just play uh, the trailer. So, what's your name anyway? Hey, kid. It's a big shot gangster. He's putting together a crew. You think everything sounds like a bad idea. If you come with me, you're in this life for good. I waited a long time for a shot like this. I got a really good feeling about this. I don't remember half of that stuff from that movie, but I, cause uh, I just I just found one of the TV spots. And okay, I'm, I was gonna say that the first trailer sounded a lot better than the, what you just played. Yeah, no kidding. I'm like, but but that's a movie I want to watch as opposed to the the movie that I did. Um, Solo, a Star Wars story. It is the second. Star Wars anthology film following 2016's Rogue One and the fourth Star Wars movie in five years produced by Disney. It stars Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo alongside Woody Harrelson, Amelia Clark, Daniel Glover, Tandy Newton, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and oh man, I even wrote down the phonetic pronunciation. I'm still going to fuck it up. Uh, Yunus Satomo. Uh, the dude that played uh, Chewbacca, Yunus uh, Satomo, um, and Paul Bettany, directed mostly uh, by Ron Howard, and as of this recording, has brought in $148 million domestically, $264 million worldwide, on a production budget of $250 million, making it not just the most expensive Star Wars movie to produce to date, but that also puts that within the top 10 most expensive movies ever made. Now, uh, before uh, before we run through the plot, because that's that's what we do on these uh, Star Wars shows to just kind of kind of keep our bearings and make sure we kind of, you know, touch on all the, the characters and situations and things that that, that we kind of want to call out and either compliment or bitch about or whatever. Um, let's let's just kind of start with just kind of basic thoughts. What uh, what what we just kind of thought is just kind of like a baseline. 
I thought this was very meh. I don't want to say it's mediocre. It's like right. it's below mediocre. Okay, I I got gotcha. you. I mean, it, it's just it's better than uh, Last Jedi, but that's not saying much. Right. Okay. I think it's better than uh, the Force Awakens, but I've soured on the Force Awakens, so take that with what you will. Yeah, you are not down with the Disney Star Wars era. I mean, is is that that's fair to say, right? Yeah. Okay. But uh, okay. I don't like. The more I think about it, I think Rogue One I would give a slight edge to Interesting. over Solo. But even then, that's kind of like just barely by an, a centimeter. Hmm. Remind me, as we go all the way through Solo and back again, um, I, I'd like to pick your brain about what you would want from one of these movies. Because whatever you're looking for, you're not getting so, yeah, I, I, I'd like to explore that a little more uh, depending upon uh, what kind of time we have. Um, as, as for me, I, I, I'm not quite as meh as, as you are, but I, I, was, I was also pretty kind of nonplussed, meaning like I, I liked it. I liked it okay, um, but nothing blew my hair back. You, um, you sound like how I felt when, uh, about when we were doing that Rogue One podcast yes you're right and i i remember you being very just kind of just very middle of the road you know not really having any uh, uh you know i i've said that like uh, solo this uh this uh, new star wars story is you know it, it's it's just kind of there you know it's it, a movie it, it's it's not it's not polarizing enough to be interesting Right. Meaning, like, it's not, like, super great to where, you know, we can sing its praises and say, this is super great. Likewise, it's not like it's so bad that, you know, we could spend two and a half hours cutting on it. Right. Um, you know, we, we even joked before we got on the air here that this might actually be our shortest uh, Star Wars review podcast because, I mean, there there's... There's a lot of stuff to poke at and point out and and uh, talk about, but there there just isn't like that that um, it's not even like a Justice League where there was a ton to make fun of. Exactly, yeah, and and there is obviously some stuff that we're, that we're going to make fun of. Absolutely, uh, pretty hard here in in just a hot sec. But yeah, that that was kind of my feeling. It was just it, you know it's 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 just like tepid water. You know, it's it's like slightly browned toast. It's like uh, uh, vanilla flavor. You know, it's all it's you know, it's not offensive, but it's not especially exciting either. So yeah. um, so with with that ringing endorsement, I guess let's uh, um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll run through the plot. But we've got to start at at the very beginning, because like there there was um, I. It came up to where I almost thought about leaving because I realized that this oh. is what this movie was so going to be. The movie, it begins with the usual, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Mm-hmm. But then it continued with that very same font and uh, color. Like, I jokingly call it a PowerPoint presentation. Because <laughs> instead of just, you know, the having the a very short opening crawl, uh-huh. it, it, was, it was just... Here's some t- here's some text, not even very, a whole lot, but the one that really stood out to me as weird. Well, two that stood out to me as sure. weird. It's it refers to this period within the Star Wars uh, timeline as a lawless time. Sure. But as we watch the movie, we realize 
the Empire is there or is present for mm-hmm. almost all the important scenes of this movie. Like they're there at uh, Corellia. Right. They're there at Kessel. Yeah. They're at they're at that World War One planet. <laughs> I don't even know if they named the planet. I, I'm sure. It and has... they're there for the heist. Yeah. Or the uh, the the first heist. Right. The, right. The only one they're not there for is at the very end. Interesting. And then that's all just you know Crimson Peak or Crimson Mist or what whatever the fuck we're but, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get there but yeah I hadn't thought of that um, I I guess I was too busy being off put by um, even like you know you talked about the font I mean th- this is an opening crawl because you look at the the phrasing and even like they had like certain words capitalized. You know, when when they're, you know, talking about like, you know, Lady Proxima and, you know, what, whatever the hell else. I mean, there, there were certain proper nouns that were all in caps. And I'm like, this reads like an opening crawl. It's just not long enough for the uh, opening crawl music. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, we're, we're probably going to spend a lot of uh, uh, comparisons with Rogue One because really this is the only other thing that you can compare it to. Yeah. I don't. Rogue One didn't even have what uh, Solo had as far as opening crawls, didn't it? Uh, correct. It, like it, it was just a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and we cut to the movie. Yeah, and, and then it then it just starts, and then um, then it's kind of like a cold open type thing. Then you then you get titled. Right. I mean, or you get the title. This goes that other direction to where, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I I get I get curmudgeony about the dumbest things, but that really bugged me seeing seeing the blue the glowing blue text continue, and um, and and immediately we're talking about fuel. That that's the other thing that bugged me about this opening thing is like fuel is now a big deal. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, and I don't understand in. 40 years of Star Wars movies, there's been no reference to any kind of fuel. I mean, obviously, there's, I mean, who knows? They have to have some type of fuel, but it was never a big, they never It's never been a plot it. point, but in back-to-back movies, you're, where, you know, fuel is a, is I, I, a I think this plot movie, point. I think this movie, they're just trying to, uh, they're more or less doubling down on it. <laughs> doubling down on fuel? <laughs> yeah. I, I can't think of any better way to put yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But it's like but you've read the comics mostly, right? Yeah, yeah. Was there was fuel ever a No, not not that I can think of. Um I mean certainly not to the the extent that we go through it in this movie, which is kind of interesting because like if you retroactively start thinking about the last Jedi and you start thinking about like this whole fuel crisis and stuff, I it it becomes even more frustrating and confusing because um I I, I you know, it's only taken me a couple minutes to drag us off track, but I, I, I was uh, watching a YouTube video. I don't remember. You know, oh, it was uh, uh, Cinnamon Sins, I think. They, they did uh, Last Jedi. And um, they were talking about how, like, the the big capital ships, you know, that that's kind of the big deal with fuel. But yet we can go off to the casino planet back and forth and have, like, no problems. You know, I mean, like, fuel just is, it, it's... Or, it, or Luke can go from... Hoff to Dagobah and then to Cloud City, no problem. Right, yeah, no problem. It's you know you don't even have him like you know tapping on his gas gauge or something like that. It's just it's just never been a problem. But you know probably you know belaboring the point too much. But it's just it was just that that I found that incredibly off putting uh, that that we're spending this much time uh, uh, you know making making fuel a major plot point. But then immediately after that. You know, scene one, shot one, 
those fucking dice. Again, the fucking dice again. Yeah, the dice are really, really important in this movie. But, but are they though? I mean, cause, well, I mean, well, I'm I'm being sarcastic here, but yeah, the, the movie really hammers home. Hey, these dice are super important to Han. Yeah, but they don't explain why. They they don't really do anything, and it's, uh, you know, I think. Well, you can sort of explain why they're important later in the movie, but in the very beginning, it seems like they're just. It's just something he carries around with him. Yeah, he just, you know, he carries it. Or like he puts his it good on. luck charm or whatever. Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny for, for a guy that when we meet later, uh, I guess later in this this time frame, um, you know, he says like, you know, a uh, person makes his own luck and doesn't believe in, you know, uh, uh, hokey religions and uh, uh, destiny and things like that. He likes to make his own destiny. You know, for somebody like that, you know, we're we're hanging on to those freaking dice. Well, that's why Disney should hire somebody who who reads through the script. Yeah, basically like a a canon uh, gatekeeper. Somebody's like, hey, this yeah. doesn't work in the canon. Mm-hmm. Hey, th- this doesn't line up. So, you know, just somebody to make notes and like, hey, this doesn't work. We need to change this. Absolutely. And and really all it was, and we talked about this during our Last Jedi show, that it's like, you know, I bet you those freaking dice are going to be like a major plot point, and sure as shit, it's like, I... I, I yeah, they were sort of a plot point. Yeah, it was it was one of those things. So, like, I, I don't... I I believe in theater etiquette. I, um, I, I try not to be rude uh, to my other theater goers when I, uh, um... <laughs> you sound very British. Yeah, something like that. But you know, uh, I I also live in Federal Way, so you know I have to deal with like kids and people on cell phones and things like that. Uh, a lot of rude people go to uh, uh, the theater that we that we uh, go to in Federal Way sometimes. But oh, uh, but before you go any further, okay. Uh, what day did you go? I went uh, the opening Thursday night. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for reminding me. I, I couldn't figure out how I wanted to segue into that. But, yeah, because, like, you and I were were uh, talking about uh, when uh, when we were going to get together and chat and all that other fun stuff. And, incidentally, for any other podcasters that are out there, probably want to make arrangements with your guests before announcing your guests. Just FYI. <laughs> I really kind of stepped in it there because I just – I in my mind, I was like, well, I'm going to go see it this week. And I know uh, Killing Spree has already seen it. So, yeah, that's what we're doing next uh, week. <laughs> but I, I, I'm going off track here just because yeah. I'm curious. When I went, yeah. opening night. Hardly anybody was at the theater. Like, there's no lines at the at the uh, ticket booth or right. anything like that. Was that the same when you went? Well, I we went on the Tuesday after opening weekend. So okay, so okay. The, the only time we've really seen crowds during that, and this was like you know midday. About the only time we saw we've seen crowds when we go to the theater we go to was uh, for Avengers. That it was like for that that Tuesday, like like there were shows that were sold out, and like the lobby was full of people, and, yeah, the, and I, we we hadn't seen that in. I've just been hearing a lot of stories about how opening night showings were basically dead. Like, yeah, well, uh, I I just found it odd because Star Wars is supposed to be an event. That's I think that's going to be a theme of a lot of what we're going to talk about because yeah you you're I, I'm glad you brought this up because there there were two things I wanted to tack on with that is okay so um, uh, Joe is movie guy Joe is you know I kind of like he does uh, movie reviews for here at KGRG and he um uh, he went to go see 
um, opening night also at like the IMAX in downtown Seattle. And where it was, uh, you know, again, it was going to be an event like you were talking about. And, yeah, he, he snapped a picture of just nobody there in, in the lobby, nobody there in the lines. And he's like, well, I, I hope this isn't an indication of, uh, of what it is. Uh, but also the uh, Seattle Cinerama, who is, you know, also um, it, it's, it's very much a fan destination type theater. Like, you know, 